Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open, or you just love the convenience of no-shells pistachios, wonderful pistachios is the perfect healthy snack when hunger strikes. I happen to love me my pistachios. Uh, I don't want to screw around with the nuts, so I love the no-shells pistachios. Anyway, there are a bunch of flavors to choose from, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno, lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts, and each ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. The best part of spring cleaning is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless, and then Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data, unlimited talk and text, delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone and any Mint Mobile plan and bring your own phone number. Along with your existing contacts, ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. My team here, they're on Mint Mobile, and they like it. For a fraction of the cost, Mint Mobile proved to have excellent coverage with no drop calls or unsent texts. Plus, they make it super easy for me to activate my device just by following a few simple steps online. And bam, done. To get this new customer offer and the new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash literally. That's mintmobile.com slash literally. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash Literally, $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. You hadn't already won over my heart. You just did. (laughs) I'm kidding. You always have, but you just cemented it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Literally. It's me, uh, Ellie Kemper. I love me some Ellie Kemper. Don't really know Ellie that well, which we'll get into, but I'm just a fan. Big, unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and Office fan, as you guys know. I love The Office. Um, And she's got a new podcast, so uh, maybe I'll learn some stuff from her, or maybe she'll learn some stuff from me. Who the hell knows? Anyway, let's get to it with the amazing and lovely Ellie Kemper. Hey, you're in the house. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Where are you? Where am I finding you? I am live in New York City. I am across the country. I am. I was just singing the praises of fall in New York, mm. which there's nothing like it. Oh. The, the the colors on the leaves are starting to change. Oh. Everything is pumpkin. Oh. It's just iconic. <laughs> it's so sick. I mean, in California. You have to live here for so long to appreciate the incremental like angle of the sun. I'm like, I must be part Pawtuxie Phil, you know, who comes out. Because I'm super like, I I can feel the angle of the sun. And then I know what to be like, oh, yeah, it's it's almost springtime. 
That's exact because you've lived there so long, yeah. you are so sensitive. It, the it, instrument has been so uh sharpened so that you can tell. It's true. I lived in LA for, I don't know, seven years, eight years. And I was just beginning to be able to determine those slight changes. Mm-hmm. You feel, because weirdly, September is like the worst of all, the hottest of all, I should say, oh. in LA, right? So nothing like- Nothing like, like there's, no, there's no crisp, like in the, mm-mm. like also when I come back East, because I grew up in the East, like, mm-hmm. you know, you can smell the cold coming. Oh, I love it. Right? Am I, I'm not crazy, yep. right? No, you're not. You can smell the cold coming, and I'm not. And the profound effect it has on, uh, on your mood, or at least my mood, mm-hmm. is so deep. It's like a. I mean, I don't want to get crazy it's like here, but drug. it's like a drug. Yeah, you're like, oh, this is such an endorphin rush. It's fantastic, and I'm sorry you're not experiencing it right uh, now. I know. I mean, we we <laughs> we have our own thing here, where it's like the the, the air starts getting instead of cold, smelling the cold, you can smell the dryness coming. Yeah, because <laughs> we get like the Santa Ana winds and all this stuff. Yeah, and but it's something. It's something. <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. I yeah. remember when I was a kid, and I moved from Ohio, and my first Christmas in LA, uh, it was mm-hmm. so depressing. Oh, I know. I, 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 because, because you, it would snow in Ohio. Yes, right? I'm assuming, or at, least, or at least it would be cold. At least it'd be cold. I remember it was, and it, it's almost always. I'd like to look at the stats. It's almost always <laughs> sweltering on yeah, Christmas Day. I know. It's very, I was there last year for Christmas. And because I was coming from New York, I was like, oh, this is nice. It's like a vacation. It was 85. It was like pool weather, yes. but it's disconcerting. And especially as a kid, how old were you when you moved to LA? 12. Yeah. That's hard. It's it's that's that's what I'm dreaming of a white Christmas is it right? It's like right. December the 24th. I'm longing to be up north. Mm-hmm. Not that I know all those lyrics, but yeah, there's something that is. It, wait a minute, I'm feels- I'm wait. I I don't think I'm. It's it's the 24th. No, no, no. I'm dreaming of being up north. That <laughs> doesn't appear anywhere in that song. It's in the it's in the prelude. The is prelude. The, the prelude. But there's like a I spoken believe- word. It's a spoken word I'm open to be up north. <laughs> north. It's like, um, well, should I sing it? It's yes. The grass or the palms are swinging. The grass is green. The orange and palm trees sway. <laughs> There's never been such a day in Beverly Hills, L.A. What? But it's December the twenty fourth. And I'm longing to be up north. <laughs> wait, wait, you're making this up. That's not a part of White Christmas. It is. It's, it's, um, we learned that at, in my elementary school before we, you know, sang White Christmas. What? I mean, what? maybe that was like a Conway School original. Wait, I don't know. Wait, you, you're telling me they name check Beverly Hills. <laughs> yes, I know. Because, you know, that like, was. Like, we get it. Like, yeah, we get it. You're rich. <laughs> How about. Pay for a flipping vacation, pal. Yeah. I live in Ohio. Yeah. I work in an assembly line. <laughs> yeah. I don't and get you're gonna and you're gonna drop Beverly Hills on me? LA. Oh, I see. No. It's just so miserable because you're warm and I can't pay my oil bill. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. So good for you. Who sang it? Was it Bing Crosby? Who sang White Christmas? It was I don't know. It, it was one of it, those crooners. It was Bing Crosby. But he didn't write it. You just like no, you just, didn't write it. In those he's days, just doing his- they just like you put a paper in front of them. They sang whatever the hell you put in front of them. Yes, 
That's exactly right. We've gotten back to that, ironically. Now it's like every singer, every singer on any song feels, unless they're, you know, the auteurs, and we all know who they are, who write and do their own stuff. But everybody else feels like so disconnected to their work. They're, they could be singing about Mars. Well, I am very interested in this because you just said, obviously, there are the auteurs. We all know who they are. I have to correct you because I am a dummy who doesn't always know who they are. Like, it beca- it was news to me. I have a question. Yeah. Does Beyonce write her own songs? Um, I was under the impression she did. That she, I think she certainly has a part in it. I mean, listen, when you yeah. get to be Beyonce, whether you're actually writing or not, you're writing. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. Yeah, you, I know what you're saying. You're like, hey, so, I think the so, word the would be better than the word and, and you're writing. Right, 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 right. But I, like, you know, Taylor Swift, I didn't go to any of the Eras tours this, or concerts this summer. I, I, I didn't go. I'm a Taylor Swift fan, but I didn't go. But I guess that's every, what everyone always brings up with Taylor Swift is, oh, well, you know, she's like the best songwriter. And that it's like the exception that she writes her own songs. She is. I mean, yeah. I mean, you look at like, I don't think Ariana Grande writes her own. I mean, they're singers. They're These are old right. time singers. Like this Christina Aguilera's, the Ariana Grande's, this Celine Dion's. They're, they yeah. were old they're singers. See, that's so interesting because I really did think, oh, well, they write their song. Nope. I mean, yes, they have input. But I thought that they were in the studio writing their songs. But yeah, if that's old school like if Bing Crosby didn't write everything, I mean, that makes sense. Maybe because I'm wearing a Rolling Stone t-shirt right now, but uh, have you seen the um, Joni Mitchell at Newport Beach where she performed, I think, the six, you know, last year doing on both sides now? I mean, I mean, when people talk about Taylor, I love Taylor too, but you listen to what Joni Mitchell was writing and singing. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. come on. No, what was this? Was this a she gave a yeah? You a know she's been ill. Year? You know she's been ill forever, and you know, and she came back finally and 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 sang three or four songs. So it, oh, if you're wow. listening out there, Google Joni Mitchell uh, Newport Beach on both sides now, and get re- get. I'm going to Google that as soon as we're finished. Get talking. ready to Is lose it, it. Get ready to oh, lose gosh. it. Get ready to that lose song. It. Whoa. Yeah, that song's insane. She wrote it when she was, she wrote it when she was twenty, either twenty two or twenty four. Wow. That's the other thing. There seems to be an age and it's, I think it's 24. There's the famous 27. That's when you overdose and die, right? At 27. But at 24, before you overdose and die, 24 is like the fertile. That's when I think Springsteen wrote Born to Run and Dylan wrote most of his stuff and you know, on and on and on. Do you know what this is? So this summer, I have two kids. I have a seven, they're both boys, a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. I noticed we both have sons named Matthew. Yes, Rob. good name. Good. It's a great name. Is he Matthew or is he's, he Matthew? He's Matthew. Same. Yeah. And I always want him to be Matthew. Me too. And James. Good name. I didn't think until they were, like, until I was at a park with them and saying, Matthew, James. I, it did not occur to me how, like, biblical it is. I, I know oh. that they're both names in the Bible, but they're— Can I can I tell you how I named this? <laughs> Anytime I talk to somebody who's funny— inevitably it comes back to Lorne Michaels. Even if you've yeah. not been on Saturday Night Live, he's in the room with us. Yeah. Um, so I, I, at the point in my life when I was having the kids, when Cheryl was having the kids, I was super, 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 super close with Lorne. And he has, his kids are exactly the same age as mine. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about naming kids. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know, man, it's hard for me because 
inevitably I think of a name and it reminds me of some asshole on the playground or somebody who stole a girlfriend from me or something or whatever. And they're goes, you know, Rob, I think the king's names are best. I, uh, I, I don't disagree with Lauren Michaels on that. Right. And I obviously don't you don't. Yeah. Obviously, you and I both were like, thank you. Exactly. <laughs> James. <laughs> yes. Matthew. Edward. Yes. Edward. Um, um, William. William. Thank you. Couldn't think of another king. Yep. I love that that was his piece of advice. Because do you know why I, I, I happen to agree with him? Is because, you know, their names, they've stood the test of time. Yes. Their names that I will remember. I'll remember his name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're well, you just, can you could also make the case though that if your name is Apple, you're not forgetting that name. Well, no, that name is not one you'll forget. It's true. Well, that's true. And, that's but, true. and the other thing is, I think the crazy original names are hard. Do we know that many boys that have had them? I mean, there was Dweezil Zappa. <gasps> yeah, that's right. I remember, I'm remembering <laughs> his name Zappa. right now. I haven't. Th- I mean, he's still <laughs> clearly top of right. mind, as they would say in corporate America. Um, top of mind, <laughs> but, Dweezil Zappa. But there. Trust my own imagination to make up a name that would actually have any like staying power. I, I think that I think that mm. I will defer to the people who have been naming people for for years and years and years. Yes, and pick up a name like Matthew and James and and and, and yeah, yeah, on the playground, yeah, it is like I'm calling in the you know biblical men, the men men's names who filled the Bible, but it they, they make sense. Having said that. When I also go, James and Jimmy, those are two totally different names. Yes. I just, oh, you're going to name him Jimmy? And f- maybe he'll change it to that, but. That's a way but different for now vibe. It's that. Well, it's like with Robert. There's there's Robert, there's <gasps> right. Rob. Rob is not that common, really, when you really think about it. There's a lot of Roberts. Yep. There's a lot of Bobs, Bobby. That is the thing about an Elizabeth. You get all those, it's a classical name, but there's so many iterations of it. Do you know I'm Elizabeth? Really? I mean, Ellie, my name's Ellie. Ellie. Elizabeth. My, my, wow. It's a full Elizabeth. I just had to interject before. Wow, that's great. I didn't know that. Ellie, I didn't no, know. No, you wouldn't. I didn't know that was but, a, a possibility for Elizabeth. Well, th- this is what's crazy. My mom, who's incredibly smart, she named me Elizabeth, and she named my sister Catherine, and she gave us the two most unlikely nicknames. She named nicknamed me Ellie and my sister Catherine Carrie, which really— Wow. Don't line up with our our full legal names. And it was very unlike her because she usually does things that I think make more sense. No, no, so that's that's that amazing. She was wild. Because if there's a knock on these traditional names is that they're not memorable and they could maybe be boring and that completely right. inoculates you against that criticism. Yeah. Now on the other side. So- well, you're so right. Maybe that's what she was going Now on the other side of it though, yeah. my, um, my lovely brother, Chad Lowe, um, is a firm believer in... Mm-hmm names that are different. So I have a, a niece named Nixie. Mm-hmm. Nixie is, as I'm now told, a um, Irish sea nymph. Oh. And, and, and you go, I go, really? And you know what? Now that, that Nixie is in the world, that's of course the only name. It's the only possible name. Right. Oh. Or that, oh, and like, that suits her. I, yeah. And then I. And then he. Yeah. His. His. My oldest niece. He's like Isaac. What are you gonna name? Because your daughter. They knew they were having a girl. What are you gonna name the girl? And she, he says Mabel. And I instantly think of like a eighty-year-old short-order waitress. Well, that's right. And I'm like, real. And now 
it feels like the most beautiful, like, I don't know. It's just amazing the way people own their names. Take on their name. Yeah. And that's why I never understand. Sorry, is Mabel born? Yeah. And she's 12 and like, she's, it's very, it feels, Mabel has gone from short order cook to glamorous. I was, (laughs) I was going to say, it's, to me, it's the same as like a mod. Yes. Right? Where it's like, the only, and then there's mod, you can sing that. Now, can you sing that song? That one, I don't know. I can't pretend to own that song. No, I don't know. (laughs) But you, take it away. Well, you don't have to. There's a spoken word to that and I don't remember. Yeah, right. (laughs) It is, to me, it is, oh, that's why it's like mind-boggling to me when people do change their names or when people who may have had like a sort of, I don't know, they may have considered their nickname childish. Mm. Like, like, like Billy or I have a brother, Billy. Or Billy or, I don't know, Willie. I don't know. What are names that seem like fun and childish? And then when they become adults, maybe they want to be Bill or Will. To me, that's like a huge change. Yes. Because you're suddenly not your name anymore. So. Well, how about in, in, in acting? When you have, when, when you want to be a serious actor, you just put oh. an initial in the middle of it. <laughs> right. Just put an initial. I'm telling you right now, there are two things you can do as a young actor. If, if you're listening, yeah. people are interested. Yeah. Um, get a passport from Australia or England. Yep. <laughs> so you're all, you're already halfway to the line of getting an Emmy. Yeah. Just yep. by that. And yep. put it and put a middle initial in your in your mm-hmm. and you're 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 blowing by all kinds of, of people. Yep. Don't you agree? I completely agree. When I see the name, my name, Ellie, Ellie is becoming a more popular name, by the way. It's a good I've name. just yeah. noticed I'm 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 like observing more Ellie's mm-hmm. in the world. It's always been, I think, bigger in the UK. I think there's always been Ellie's, but I'm, I'm noticing. But and I'll say this, and again, I forgive me because no, no serious Ellie's are coming to mind right now. Mm. But I do think it's hard when I look at my name, Ellie Kemper. Well, that's not. Well, what's serious about that? It's just not so serious. So, if I do, you know, Ellie F. Kemper. Turn, Ellie F. Kemper. Yeah. When you go through your Steve Carell phase where you're doing nothing but wanting to try to win an Oscar. How did he get so good at being so serious? Oh, he really did. You ever seen Foxcatcher? Yes. Insane. I, that was crazy. Crazy good. And and I it was crazy good. And I was like, wait, what what just what happened? Well, yeah, I'll tell you what because happened. That, Here's what happened. Yeah. Funny people can be dramatic, but dramatic people cannot necessarily be funny. That's a, uh, a stone fact. I, I I think that that's true. I don't know. I, Not even think. 100%. Okay. It's, it's true. I know true. many, many, and observe many, many actors who are leading men or serious actors and they, you know, don't get a chance to be funny and they want to be funny and they go on SNL or they mm-hmm. do a movie and it is painful. Painful. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, that is interesting. I mean, because, so I did a lot of improv in college and in New York and and everyone's always like, well, how do you teach improv? How do you take classes in that? And I, I mean, I hope I won't offend anyone, but it's like, you can teach like the the tenets and the the lessons of, of okay, well, this is how to be successful in a scene. Mm-hmm. But I don't, like you're saying, which I think is what you're saying, you can't necessarily teach like someone to be funny. No. They're, or they're funny or, or they're not. No. Right? But you're either funny or you're not, 100%. Now, there, now, are, there are the exceptions. So- if you are profoundly unfunny, right. 
you can be also be hilarious. Oh, that's true. Right? And and I, and I say this with all love and respect. William Devane, one of the great, great dramatic actors and a fantastic, one of my favorite, William Devane, Marathon Man, William Devane, you go through his 70s and 80s, yep. amazing. Um, he played my father in a show called The Grinder. stole yep. every scene he was in <laughs> with, with the writers writing exactly the right line for him that he had never had any idea why it was funny. Now, isn't that brilliant? Mm-hmm. Would he would he admit that? Would would he understand that he? Oh, he he wasn't. He knew he he knew he was killing. I mean, right. he's, he's genius. He's super one an amazing actor. So he, yeah. he he knew he was. It wasn't like he was like, what is going on here? But <gasps> but it was not. It would never have been his instinct, right? To to murder with the kind of dialogue he got and just deadpan. So you see that you can see that a lot. And it's because they're playing it so real. Yes, right? so straight. Isn't it? So straight. So it's so straight that it's like, oh, well, this is. And honestly, although, again, no names are coming to mind, but but in a show like 30 Rock, I think when they would invite dramatic actors on and, and they get it by playing it straight. What do you think when we, I think this is so fascinating to try to understand because there's like the performance, but then there's also the perception of the performance. So when a series, oh, sorry, when a funny actor, somebody we know and love and who's beloved, goes in and does their serious thing, it can be complicated because sometimes fans are confused. And why are we seeing our funny man try to be serious? We don't like it. We want laughs. And then sometimes they come around. And I always wonder, well, how does that play out? I, I guess it's just, I guess it's just acting. Well, listen, I don't know how it is for, for them. I can only, as somebody who I, I gets to do both. A lot. Uh, for me, the wh- when I'm doing comedy, it doesn't feel like I'm working at all. And then when I'm doing something dramatic, I come home at night and go, ah, oof, that was a day. Right. So it gets, right. the, it, it, it's kind of like, where do you want to be in your life? Like if, right. if I've done a, a drama for a long time, I'm like tired and I just want to play. Right. But right. if I've, right, right, but right. I remember doing Parks and Rec I would come. I would come home and go. I, I need to go to work. <laughs> I need right. to. Go, I need to like do something. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Isn't that nice? It's I mean, great. maybe or maybe you maybe you don't like having the break, but no, it I, does. But see, you're, uh, of course, I think different from because because you've. I haven't you always been known for doing both? So it's not like, oh, why are right. we seeing him serious yeah. all of a sudden? Like we know he can do both. Right. No, th- th- so, I, that's true. That's yeah. that that's true. But there are so who would it be like if you saw I mean, can you imagine Daniel Day Lewis in a comedy? Right. And I mean, again, unless he were just playing it so straight. That it I I I who's someone I know there are no one Oh, here's a good one. Like jumping. oh, here's a good one. Gene Hackman in in oh. in uh Royal Tannenbaums. Yeah. Yeah. Really funny. Yeah. But playing it completely straight. And that's how that is accomplished, I think. Where else can you go surfing and skiing in the same day? Or check out a world-class art museum and camp out under a brilliant night sky, same day, or hike through the redwoods and get a luxury spa treatment. 
There's only one answer, California. No matter where you go across this state, you will find a way to play. I, look, I love California. Um, and I have not yet surfed and skied in the same day, although I do do both. So that is on my bucket list. It's the most beautiful place in the world. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. Hey, listeners. Ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's harrys.com slash rob for a $3 trial set. Tell, tell me about your new podcast. We, I, need to, I need to be a professional podcaster right now and ask you, you questions. <laughs> okay, so I have a podcast on iHeartRadio and it's called Born to Love. And it is, like your show, supposed to be an upbeat. I mean, you tell me, maybe you're upbeat. your show comes across as being upbeat. You're, well, because so, I'm upbeat, you're upbeat. It's, it's yeah. you. It's you. It's me. It's you. It's me. It's me and it's uh, my longtime friend, Scott Eckert, and we host a show. Um, we have guests come on every week to talk about something that they love. So it's supposed to be like this buoyant, sort of uh, bright conversation. And there's nothing, we nothing, nothing too heavy. We want to provide some light. We don't want to get too serious, but that is what we're trying to do on the show. So it's been really fun. I mean, how long? You've been doing this show for a while. For a, a few years now, Yeah, a right? few yeah. years. Jesus. Yeah. Well, how do you, I love it. Because it's like, first of uh, hosting a podcast, yeah. because I get to talk with my friends. So Scott and I went to college together. We did improv together. We hadn't worked on anything in like a decade. And then we said, 
over the pandemic, we were like, what could we work on? Well, a podcast seemed feasible, seems feasible. And then, and then we just started throwing ideas around. But it is so nice to catch up with him mm-hmm. every week and yep. have people that you've never necessarily met yeah. on the show. Like, what a way to reach out. Which do you like better having? Because it, it, for me, it's different. And I like them both yeah. in, in for different reasons. Having yeah. somebody you know super well or having somebody yeah. you don't know at all. Which which do you like Same. better? Same. At the at the very beginning, we were having mostly just friends because they were the ones who would do us a favor and say yes. And it's so enjoyable because isn't it weird that the only time you would catch up with an old friend is on a podcast? But that's what was ha- you know. <laughs> yes, yes. You're like, why don't we just see each other or have dinner? No, no, no. It's at one p.m. on a weekday over the computer. Okay, I'll take it. But that was like really really fun because I got to we caught up with some old college friends and stuff like that. But then. I do love talking. It's so great when you have people on that you admire and had never met. Like, that's that's fantastic because when else would you have met them? Now, you, I imagine, <laughs> have a lot of friends in the industry. So, like, who— Well, you and I don't know each other super well. Mm-mm, not really. But, like, who who are some people who, who you— didn't know what, is there anyone you well, by didn't the way, know at all? Let me just say that I think you and our relationship fits another category, which is mm-hmm. I feel like I know you really well. Same. We've, we've spent some time together. Yeah. Not a lot. No. Nope. But so it's kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah, right. You, you know what I mean? Like we, a natural repartee, like, like it's, it's it's super interesting. The, that that category is a good category. I like that category because it is also, I feel like because of the parks and rec and the office type thing, it's like, oh, it's that same world. Yeah. And then also, can I say his name? The one who unites everyone, Mr. Richard Weitz. <laughs> that, that's right, Richard Weitz. I love, right. I, can I call yes, him out? I Rich, love Richard. We're going to tell Richard Weitz. This is, Richard Weitz is our mutual agent and now runs yeah. the entire WME agency. Yeah. He, he's phenomenal. I, do you know what I love about Richard is it's like, he is a quintessential agent. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, through and like, through, in his blood. Through, and and mm-hmm. by that, for me, what that mm-hmm. means is everything we know and hate about agents Yeah. in spades. But the other part of it is, because <laughs> there's a lot of people that are just that. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other part is that he's a true fan. Yeah. Fan oh, with a capital F. Yep. And that, Isn't loves, that great? loves talent. And yeah. there are so many people in our business now that are at best agnostic about mm-hmm. talent. Mm-hmm. They love the business. They're mm-hmm. a fan of the business. Mm-hmm. But they're not a fan of talent. Mm-hmm. And that's the part of the business I miss because those are, those are the people that make the business great. Well, he does feel old school in that way. That's right. Where it's like, oh, right. I mean, because my sense is that, especially managers, but managers and agents would uh, would almost collaborate with their clients uh, creatively on stuff. And that you, but, and, and, and that you, you, so you almost are giddy about seeking new talent and finding and, and appreciating what talent is doing. And Richard is that. He, oh, the, Richard, he, he was, he, I said, because uh, you originally made um, Kimmy Schmidt for NBC. Right. And, and you know, I follow everything in the industry, particularly when it comes to people who I admire, like Tina and Carlock and Tina Fey, yeah. who created your show. Yep. Um, and is also a Richard uh, client. And, yep. and and then 
it wasn't at NBC. And I was like, that's a, I'm like, that's such a bummer. He goes, all right, all right, I already saw it to Hulu. I was like, I was like, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> By the way, the impression is spot on. I, I it's always on. I mean, I mean and, it, and he did. Yeah. I mean, and he did. And you guys got and to go for another three years or four years, whatever yeah, exactly. it was. Whereas I think it was going to be on, you know, in the middle of the summer for probably, probably wouldn't have seen the light of day to be brutally honest. And he essentially saved it. I mean, I, yeah. I hope I can say that, but he did. No, and, he did. and he also, he, I saw him last spring. Um, let's see, maybe it was before the strikes. I can't remember. No, I think it's just after. Anyway, and he was so excited. He goes, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. I was in Chicago last night seeing that Tina and Amy are doing, you know, a live show, I think. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it yet. They're doing like a two-person show. It's, a, I mean, it's the greatest idea I've ever heard. I don't know. It, co- correct? I don't, oh, yes. I mean, like, listen, the, when they hosted the Golden Globes, oh. come on, come on. We were so lucky just as a, as a well, not even as a country, as a world. Are, are they broadcast internationally? I, those two women have such an effortless repartee, first of all. Yes. But that's beside the point. They're yes. both just so funny that even if they didn't know each other, it would be dy- dynamite. It's like, I feel great. I'm not kidding. I'm not trying to be no. corny, but I'm so grateful that they're like in the world. No, the, and, and they're, both of them, each of them individually is amazing. I know. And together it's exponential. And that's rare for yeah. comedy teams. Comedy teams, you split them up and eh. Mm. Right. Individually. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And and they're just murderers. Yeah. And they're both singular in, the, like, their voices are very distinct, I think, right? Yes. Like, when they've gone off to produce their own projects, they're they're different, right? Like Absolutely. The, the, I would they say, have their mark on them, I would and say, they're distinctive. I would say Amy's a little sunnier. Yeah. And, and Tina is a little more biting. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. And and they're both fantastic in each way. And then what's great is then when they come together, that's why I'm dying to see this show. When they hosted Weekend Update, oh. it was it was iconic. It's just weird, right? Like they yeah, the, I just remember them hosting the Golden Globes. Did for you years, four years? You yes. you um you auditioned for SNL. Yeah, I did. How did you not get SNL? Well, you're nice to say that, but it is Wait a minute. Were you ever on SNL? As a no. Oh uh, yeah, I've, I I hosted it. No, you hosted, hosted it, but I mean, were you ever? No, I would. It would have been the, would have been the dream job. Would, would have been the dream job. But you tell me that because people will say after ha- you uh, you obviously gained stardom <laughs> relatively early, right? So that would maybe have been strange if you had then gone yeah, yeah. Be, from that to become. Yeah, so, yeah. but people will say even after like I don't know, as of like five years ago, they'd be like, oh, like do you want to be on SNL? I'm like, well, that is interesting because most people start, they're not necessarily that known. They start on SNL yep. and then they find work after that. But but I think that's how it's perceived is SNL is just like, yes. you know. Like, I thought pinnacle. it was weird when Robert Downey Jr. went to be on SNL as a cast member, which a lot of people forget. I didn't know that. A lot of people forget because he'd done some movies. Oh, An- interesting. Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, right. And Downey were on SNL as cast members. After being After in Pretty in Pink, after The Breakfast Club, Anthony Michael Hall. Well, that's, but mind that's you, exactly. Mind yeah. you, not, not during, this is like the, the two-year period where Lauren took a hiatus. 
the, the you know, the thing about Downey on the show is, you know, once you're a star, you don't really return to television. You know, once you're once the screens get bigger, um, it's hard to go smaller, in my opinion. <laughs> Whatever. You just um answered the own question of of or or your question of why I didn't get cast on SNL. You can do celebrity impressions. Oh. I can see right right now. I can't, I'm hopeless. Now, listen, I don't think that would like completely eliminate someone's job prospects on SNL, but there was a combination of, I don't know, I can't, I couldn't do, when I auditioned, I think I had to do three celebrity impressions. I had to do three original characters, and I guess that was it. And my characters were fine. Like, I don't know, I guess they were fine. But then my celebrity impressions were, it's very clear I couldn't do them. Wait, 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 so, wait, so it's, wait it's three celebrity characters. Mm-hmm. And three original characters. Yeah. Oh my God, this is a great game. I'm going to work on this. Work on it. I mean, it is, and you're doing it. I, the celebrity thing is a no brainer. Michaels. The, the, the celebrity thing is a no brainer. That I got in For spades. You? Yeah, I could do, I could pop off three right now, but the, the original characters, to me. Oh, you, what are you talking? The original characters you could do yesterday. I mean, what? That, that part's easy. No, that, that, to come up with the church lady. Or, oh, well, that's true. Or Wayne yeah, that's, from Wayne's impossible. World. Yeah, or, no, that's not, Yeah. you know, um, uh, Mango. Oh, Mango! I haven't thought about Mango in years. <laughs> mango reminded us of our dear grandma. She went, <laughs> Mango. Oh, my God. See, that is what I, I don't under, and I would love. Now, my husband, his name is Michael Coleman. He wrote on SNL for like three years, four years. But I only went to one show the whole time he was writing there. And so I've only been, it, I think I've only been to one taping. It was the show that um, Steve Carell hosted and they had office members in oh, the audience. Oh, so wow. that's fun. That's cool. But I've only ever been to one. So everything I know about SNL is mostly from Michael's, like, so it's like secondhand. Mm. But that, and like several people have made documentaries, I guess, about it. But like coming up with those characters uh, feels, isn't it just like, sort of mysterious how that happens? Yeah, and yes, and then, like, I didn't realize, because, uh, you know, Farley and I were friends, and we did Tommy Boy mm -hmm. together, and mm -hmm. his, he broke out on SNL with two things, with doing um, the Chippendales dance with Swayze, mm -hmm. but also doing <laughs> um, uh, the motivational speaker who lives down by the river. <laughs> what I didn't realize was that he had that character. That character was a character he had in his pocket oh. from um, Second City. Oh yeah. So you come, yeah. You come with those. Most people, right. I think, come with the, you know, like I know that kills killed in Second City for you know right. months and years, whatever. Yep. I had done Upright Citizens Brigade, which mm -hmm. of course Amy Poehler founded, and 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 that's how. And I so we did like a character showcase, but I feel like that's at a different like the Second City shows. I feel they did for months and months and years and, yes. and those characters are really honed. So yes. these were different. But that's interesting. If you have those characters that pop on a yeah. national scale on SNL and you've already like, you've brought them with you from the Groundlings or or Second City or whatever it is. I mean, it is. And also it's just so fun. Like, why would, for example, Mango, why would that resonate with the Who general knows? public? It's so fascinating. Who knows. Yeah. Tell me, oh, by the way, you know who I got to direct season two of my show, Unstable? Dean Holland. Oh my gosh. Dean Holland 
is Dean Holland, legend. Tell, Dean Holland is, is I, I think, one of the greatest comedy directors of of yes. the style that we love. Dean yes. um, directed almost all of the offices. Uh huh. Right. It was started as an editor. Yeah. Oh yeah. And now and then directed almost all Parks and Rec. And now yep. he's going to do season two of 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 my show Unstable. Well, but um, congratulations. Yeah, he's yeah, he's the best. Right. So so by the time I was there, because I came on season five of The Office. So it may have been, he may have been more season, first season, first four season heavy. No, he did, by the way. Because yeah. he, he was already working for us at Parks and Rec. But you, that's what happened. Because by the time I came on, all, like Mike and they. And, did you work with, and, um, did you work with uh, James Spader? Yes. Oh my God. Okay, so there's oh, an example. There's, a, there's an example. We found it. There, we see, find, see how, we this is, by the way, it. this is professional podcasting. You start with a theme. Mm-hmm. You Go way away from the theme, but then you yep. end with the same theme. And that's what we're doing. This is that's someone who's not necessarily, quote unquote, funny, who is right. hilarious in the right way. That you, I'm, I'm like actually thrilled because I knew there was someone in my head that we were both thinking of maybe. That is the perfect example. I've never, well, that's not true. I've, I've, there have been a lot of people who have made me laugh hard. Him on The Office, he was so funny. He was Robert. California. The greatest name ever. Ever. And he was so serious. And he was so funny. Robert California. And like, he, what, what, that character was insane and he was so great at playing it. And I wonder how much okay. of it was Mike Schur and the, and the gang writing it and how much of it was, because it's, it's, it's deranged. It's actually a really different, <laughs> it's a really different flavor from anything that had ever been on The Office before. <laughs> And I don't know what the, um, look, I don't know how the audience received him. I don't know. I don't know. But I, he was so different from anything that had been on. And I just, he hosted a, like, Robert California hosted a pool party at his house, which was crazy. He told a ghost story, which was t- completely deranged. Like, he was off his rocker. I I believe, was he just there a season? Look, you know, I, I, think, I don't know I think any it, office fact. I think it was a season. It was a season, I think. And then, because then he was back in New York shooting um, crime show. Yeah, he's so, he is so serious. Do you know that my husband, this is not a compliment or an insult to anyone involved. Michael used to, when Michael was younger, he looked like a younger James Spader. Really? And Michael was, found himself, I think it was San Diego, walking by a, like a Porsche dealership. And the guy stopped, the, the, the salesman, this poor salesman tried to sell him a Porsche thinking the whole time, this is a bad story because I don't remember how it was clear that the guy thought he was selling a Porsche to James Spader, but <laughs> it's not funny. My husband isn't James Spader. He's not. He never was. And did he even buy the, <laughs> did he even buy the Porsche is what I he want to know. Well, exactly. And charge no, it to Spader. I mean, yeah, that's what he should have done, you know, if he were a sharper guy, <laughs> but he didn't. Anyway, he, I see I see the resemblance there, but he's got yeah, James Spader. That's the perfect, and he's a James also. Like he's never Jimmy. He's just James. No, Jimmy Spader doesn't. That's that's what you say. Things. That's what you say when it's the '80s and you're going to meet him over at the Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah, yeah, like I'm meeting Jimmy Spader. Over well, at the, well, how do you feel about that? Because when people, I'll be talking about someone who I haven't met, but obviously I know who they are. And then the person I'm talking to refers to them as, oh, Jimmy, or like, oh, oh, 
uh, Kimmy or whatever. They're okay. They're okay. You've touched a nerve. There are two things I just hate. Yeah. One is the phony baloney shortened nickname to imply that somebody knows somebody better than you do, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the other and the other thing, which is even worse for me, are actors who shorten the titles of the projects that they're in. (laughs) So if you were saying, you know, when I was working on um, Kimmy, um, which is, by the way, that I can kind of, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Like Tom Cruise used to, to like talk about a movie he did called all the right moves going, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, when I, when we were in Pittsburgh making moves um, and I just couldn't, I, I just, it used to drive me insane. No, I, I'm so, you've just won over, you hadn't already won over my heart. You just did. <laughs> I'm kidding. You always have, but you just cemented it because that it's something that's like, you can't just say the name. Just say the name. Just say the name. And also it's like, it doesn't take any more effort Really? Well, to say and, and, he, right and he moves. still he still does it. And then listen, no, make me music. I love, I love Tom Cruise. I love him. Yeah. We're brothers. We yeah. came up together. Yeah. He makes movies that I want to go see. Yeah, he he gives one hundred percent, but he needs just to say <laughs> Mission Impossible, and not you know we were in uh, Prague <laughs> making Mission. And uh, like we know, it's mission. You can say the. <laughs> it's like we know what you're referring to because we all know Mission Impossible. But you just you can say you just that. You know, when I jumped on the Porsche to try to get it from going into Lake Michigan uh, back uh, when I was making Risky. Um, <laughs> Why is it? Because is it implying the that that we? Oh well, of course we know what it is. I think like they're, yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it, there's kind of, it's like, it's so famous. Yeah. That, 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 that he can't be bought, that, that someone can't be bothered. Yeah. With the, the, to exert themselves. Right. To say the extra word. Why should they? Yeah. It's exactly. so famous. You know what I'm talking about. You know, when Martin Sheen and I were making Wing, um, with Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> This is bad. It. Makes no sense. Wing. Like it doesn't, it's like, I, the, now, now we're getting totally obscure, but I like to, I like to go to like, what would be the worst iteration? Oh yeah. Of, 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 of the, cutting. The, yeah. The title. I also like, yeah, it, that you're it, to cut, to use the third, just the third word of the, of the show or, or, or movie, whatever. Or how about if no, it's no, a no, one. Now I have to connect the dots. What if it's a, yeah. the one I always wanted Tom to do is he made a movie called Cocktail. I wanted him to start talking about how hard cock was. <laughs> okay. I was rewatching cock. <laughs> the you know, other thing day. about cock, it's one of the first yeah. movies, and this is true. It's one of the first movies where women started dressing up to go to the movie like they were on a date. It's true. <gasps> That's, a, uh, listen, I share, cock was, I, I don't know, Tom Cock Cruise, was I, big. It was, it was, was you huge. forget, you forget how, how big cock was. Yeah. When when it it's was when it, when it came out, cock was huge, huge, and it was huge. And the thing is, um, when I was when I was rewatching cock, when I was re-experiencing cock, do you know that at the beginning, but you but, the you, bar, but, me, but you like cock, right? I like cock. Okay, because a lot some people 
Some people were like ambivalent about it. They're like, they're like, is it a comedy or because it gets kind of oh. serious? So not 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 everybody likes cock as much as you think they would. Is that true? Can I ask a stupid question? Sure. Who directed cock? Roger Donaldson. Brian Brown is the co-star. Okay. I didn't know that either. Yes. I only knew Cruz. I only knew Tom. What am I just called? Tom. Tom. Um, the bar that they're first tending mm-hmm. in cock. Yeah. Is it TGI Fridays? No, it's not. Yeah, it is. De- on Dean Holland's. De- Dean <laughs> Holland's IMDb page. I, I on Dean because I was like, wait, what? I said, Michael, is that a TGI Friday? Because they had like, I think they just had the sign. They they graduate from there. They're not always you, there, but that's where they like hone the craft of of, of bartending. You just can't I make. Think. You just can't. I mean, listen. In the eighties, every movie was he. The, the the star struggles to become the best at fill in the blank and then succeeds. Yeah. Hockey yeah. player, wrestler. By the time the eighties were done, it it worked its way down to bartender. But yeah, I know. And, and the <laughs> and the other thing that was great about cock is the um the ad camp the ad slogan. Do you remember it? It's the best ever. You ready for this? The ads the ad slogan for the movie. Yeah, for cock. Yeah. No, no, no. You got to tell me. It's a picture of Tom. I think he might be in a mock turtleneck. I don't know. Sure. Um, <laughs> holding up um, a cock <laughs> tail like that he's shaking and it says, when he pours, he rains. <laughs> oh, I missed that. That is so stupid. Is When he pours, pours he rains. He rains. Like, now, I... And and, and, and obviously rain is in he's the king. It. It's yep, yep. It, it, he, so that's so I want to know. I'm desperate to know. Of course they spelled it, R E I G N S. Right. I mean yes, of rain. course. But do you know what I want to tell you? Is that is giving the general public so much credit that they'll get it? I I I, I fear For that a, a a tagline like that or whatever you call it mm-hmm. a a campaign. Yeah. I don't know if it would work today. They'd be like, he, they, miss, they misspelled rain. They misspelled rain. Or it pours and rains. What? Like, would they make the connection? I don't know. I, look, I hope that we would all understand the joke. I don't think. But I don't have. That was a very highfalutin joke. Yeah. For a sort when of. He, wait, when, when, when he pours. He rains. He rains. I mean, the fact that we had come to a point where. He had to become the best cocktail maker. <laughs> it was like no more Rocky. No, no not. When was bo- the first? Ro- well, the first Rocky was before cocktail. Yeah. Oh, right? wait. First Rocky was 76, 1976. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one who asked. Yeah, 76. I remember really well. See, that would have been. See, that would have been one of my. <gasps> one of my Lorne Michaels that auditions. Was, you, you would have had no shortage no. of impressions. No, 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 for sure. I could I could do those. Who are your? Can I ask mm. who are your faves, or or you can just do them? And well, is it something you I mean? Practice my favorite, my, just- my favorite. I hesitate because it's such a cliche, and everybody can do them. But but I I know him well enough to to, to find nuances that yeah. other people don't do, and that's Arnold Schwarzenegger, oh. who I just had on the show, and he was oh. amazing. He was like 
it's it's the it's the things. It's not the Hans and Franz version of Arnold. Right. Do you know what I mean? But it's like the things that like he, he he'll say like, I went to watch the tennis at the U.S. Open. O P E O P E O P E O P E Yeah. <laughs> the open. You know, it no, was what? there. I just come from Drek and I went to the open. <laughs> no, why? I, well, look, I don't. Drek. I, I don't speak other languages well, but I do wonder why after living in America for so long, he, he doesn't say open, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know him. <laughs> you know, and there was a, the, the screen had all the video, videos on it and the, the videos. <laughs> it's so <laughs> good. <laughs> Can I, I, I'll ask another stupid question. Get, How do you know him so well? You said you know him our, very well. Our kids um, are yep. all the same age. And we, yep. you know, you, you meet the kids and like we've just, and then yeah. I did a lot of work for him when he was uh, governor. Um, yeah. And, and Maria, what, what we're, Cheryl and I are godfather to Catherine, who then marries Chris Pratt. Oh, Go figure. Right. Now that's crazy. It's really it's crazy. It's not that crazy, but it is quite a coincidence. I know, it's so great. I mean, who'd have thought? I mean, it was like, wait. Yeah. I was like, my my, my boy, Chris? Yeah. Get out of here. All of your family collided. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. It was very, very sweet. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. Chris Pratt is on the Pucks and Rick. <laughs> <laughs> so insane. Um, I hope everybody who's listening to this is 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 you know gonna take a moment and and mm-hmm. go to Netflix mm-hmm. and look at Cock. Tonight, um, and and, and either you could, confirm you, you or could, disprove my my allegation. And you're either going to like, you're going to be like, you know what? I come away from this, I liking cock or I don't. Yeah. And you could watch, you could watch Mission, you could watch Risky, you could watch Risky, you could watch Risky, you could watch Moves, yeah, Moves. Um, you watch Sky. You could go to Sky. You could go to Van. You could go to um um Jer? W- Wide, the movie made with Kubrick. <laughs> Wide. There's um, you know what always I love is is I'm gonna do the same movie, uh, returning to Guire, Wire. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, Guire. When I was making Guire, Guire, it's like harder to say. Yeah. By the way, than Jerry when I was Maguire. making Jerry, Guire. Yeah, when I was. <laughs> but there are Jerry some. Seinfeld? There, there's some, and then you got to look at your own work and go, like the one that would be perfect actually would be yeah. When Ali Sheedy and I were over in England making blues, um. <laughs> Roxford Blues, like that kind of actually. Now, I have to ask, do you ever refer to it? Because I hear it referred to this all the time as Parks. You know what? It is true. They People do call it Parks. They do. They do. You know what? They it's do. Like, it's in the, parks. you know, zeitgeist. It's, 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 when you say, oh, they were on Parks, like I do feel like. That one, it doesn't a feel. Waitress. That doesn't feel, yeah, that doesn't feel weird to me for some reason. I don't know why because that is. Because I think it is so. Oh, we loved you on Parks. I just think people would say that. You know what it is? So the, it the doesn't feel as strange. The people are saying it. That's it's not right. Amy Poehler going, you know, when I first met Aziz on Parks, we were, you know, that famous show I did. Right. Surely you're familiar with it. Yes. You're like, well, actually, that's assuming some stuff, but okay. And listen, listen. You know, when, of course the person is familiar with when, it, you, but still. When Vivian Lee finally got cast in Wind, I remember it was international news. <laughs> I really want to just. <laughs> I like, I was in the movie Bridesmaids. I like doing something that's already one word, 
Bry. <laughs> I said Bry. I really love bruh. Bruh. <laughs> so insane. Ms. Kemper, what so um stupid. tell me what uh in your new podcast. Yeah. It's things people love, isn't that right? Things people love. Yeah. You know what we love? Shortening movie titles. We love. Okay, listen, you're a busy man and you um won't have time. If ever you have a, a spare moment and want to come on our podcast, all you should talk about is shortening. Can, can I, can and, I and make us, will you let me come on or does it have to Please. be something like, like, like super emotional? Like I love <gasps> saving animals, which I do. No, it does, It's not like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. I can come no, on and be stupid. I, I hope that it's something very stupid because that's the whole, the, our idea was like, you get someone, you know, you get a, a famous athlete on to talk about how they like, you know, um, hot dogs yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, something un, un, that un, doesn't necessarily. Yes. Yeah. So I really hope that that does happen because the stupider, I think, the better. Transform your bathroom cleaning with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner. You just spray today and rinse tomorrow for a no scrub clean. With over 33,000 five-star reviews, this is your once-a-week solution to keeping your tub and shower surfaces sparkling clean. Available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. Join thousands who've switched to an easier clean. Get your wet and forget weekly shower cleaner today and make your bathroom sparkle with zero scrubbing. The weather is getting warmer. It's time to ditch the jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees. But there's no need to waste money on clothes that only last one season with Quince. Now you can get high quality pieces that never go out of style. You'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts for $30, performance polos, and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering with the top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman and passes the savings directly onto you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. My producer recently made an order for Quince, and here's what he had to say. I'm really excited to revamp my closet with Quince. I cannot wait for my items to arrive from Quince. You know, I'm a sweater guy. I was looking at that burgundy cashmere crew neck. I love the blue chore jacket. Maybe I'll throw some joggers in there. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash Rob for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Rob to get free shipping and 360 day returns. Quince.com slash Rob. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance EVs. They're certainly out here, there. But when I when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. 
Let's go. Little little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires. It is hard to come up with a title for a show, by the way. Unbreakable, Isn't it? Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I, I think, listen, Kimmy. Well, that's I love clearly, working on that show. That's clearly that Kimmy. That is a hard name to but say. But that's definitely one you're going to be saying Kimmy. I think Have you, you seen Kimmy? You know what? I think you would say Kimmy Schmidt because at least you're saying Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is hard to say. It is. I think maybe I have trouble speaking, but you don't find that hard to say? It's not it is. like it is. disastrous. It, it's, it's hard to say. It's hard. Uh, because as you might recall, there is a movie called When She Reigns. Unbreakable. Yes, when she reigns, she pours. <laughs> I like that. When she reigns, she pours. It's about like an incontinent queen. <laughs> it's like when she reigns, oh she pours. Oh she <laughs> just so stupid. Pours. All right, this has gone completely off the I apologize. Rails. And I love it. And this is why we're here. This is what it's this all about, is why people. We're here. This yeah. was this was amazing, <laughs> um, Ms. Kemper. I'm going to think of um, a list of famous. Um, you know when Jack Nicholson won. You know when Jack won the Oscar <laughs> for for Nest. Um, <laughs> and the what? person is just like, I have, what is the the cuckoo? The, okay, cook, uh, what is for the movie? Cuckoo. And they're just like like sweating trying to think of the movie because the person just refuses to say. Also, how does Lauren Michaels know every? Is he ever wrong? He, it's my impression of him is that he knows everything. His wisdom is infinite and he's never wrong. This is the last but, thing I'll say. I've, I've given a lot of like, go to, go to, um, YouTube. We did Joni Mitchell earlier in the show. We did, which I'm going to go to. Yeah. Uh, Conan and Bill Hader doing, talking about Lorne Michaels where Bill Hader, you, you know, this bit where. No, no, where, no, no, no. Where, tell me. Where, where, um, Fred Armisen, a lot of uh-huh. name dropping going on here. People just slow down. It, it, I know. Just get with it. Um, Fred Armisen, who is, by the way, in my show, uh, plugging mm-hmm. unstable, noticed that when Lorne knows so many f- people that he that it just puts him out to, when he drops their names that he rubs his eyes exhaustedly, <laughs> yes. and and then Hater decided that Lorne should also be friends with famous serial killers. <laughs> so it's a whole thing. It was like. You know, um, Mercy and Alec and I went to um, Kansas City to get BTK killer out of solitary. <laughs> it's so demented. That is so funny. It, because it is. It's exhausting. It's just exhausting now- when you know Mick and Paul McCartney's coming. Oh. <laughs> He's exhausted. Exhausted. There's so many famous people and serial murderers now. That is very funny. Maybe the new add to this is when we when we shorten movie names, we need to be exhausted. Yeah. Just, yeah. just the notion that like it's so famous. Oh, oh you know, uh, Wing. Was, wing. One stork was started writing Jeez. Wing. 
Oh, rub my face. Just like depleted. I thought of a good one. I loved Tom Hanks's turn in um, Ig. <laughs> Ig. It's just not even going to be big. big. It's just Ig. It's like, but it was so um, easy to say big, Ellie. Okay. <laughs> you know, when Steven Spielberg was shooting Ryan on the beach in Normandy. Right, this is it's just exa- we, I mean, it is, but it all it also. Oh, all about, oh wait, and then I'll leave us with yeah. this one. Yeah, you know, I, Stephen always felt that List was his greatest accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, was that all right? Was it? Oh, 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 yeah. Now, why didn't he say Schindler's? Okay, I don't know why he didn't say. Well, okay, he's he was talking about Schindler's List. This is the longest bit we have ruined. <laughs> The people have turned off this podcast. We've ruined people, this bit. People have decided they never want to watch a movie again for fear we might talk about it one day and shorten the title. And they don't want to listen to your podcast or mine now because this no, has gone on. They're for, turning off all podcasts. Gone on for they're so only going to listen to the Daily, the New York Times, <laughs> where they do not Daily do this. They're much more high. Where they do give the news. The news. Uh, all right, darling. Thank you, I, th- Thank you I'm going, very much. I'm going to go laugh and just laugh laugh at myself today coming up. I, with- yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that makes the most sense. And then um, I thank you very much for having me on your show. I'm a big fan of yours. So thanks. For and vice versa. Bye. Well, Ellie and I, beat that comedy bit into the, the ground. There's there's no two ways about it. I'm going to have to talk to the team about whether we shorten it. I, I, I trust you guys enough to know I'm not shortening it. I'm not shortening it. It's going to play in its natural length. I mean, people might be offended hearing me talk about cock, but what are you, you going to do? I really liked the movie. <laughs> oh, God. Thanks for listening, you guys. Thanks for putting up with me. Ring, ring. What's that? Ooh. It's the lowdown line. Hello, you've reached literally in our lowdown line where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323-570-4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hey, Rob. Uh, Derek from St. Augustine. And uh, my girlfriend and I always listen to your podcast. And we, when you talk about your body's work, we never hear you talk about illegally yours. Wondering why. I mean, mind you, it's not your finest work. It was from, it was filmed in St. Augustine. And we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Love the show. Bye. Oh, that's <laughs> When you said you were from St. Augustine at the beginning of your call, I was like, oh, we got to talk about illegally yours. Well, you kind of said it. It was not my finest work. Um, but I loved shooting in St. Augustine. Um, we shot all over there, um, shooting at the fort. My God, that was amazing. I had to jump into the moat. Um, yeah, so that was the great Peter Bogdanovich directed it, who passed away, I believe, nine months ago, six months ago. Peter Bogdanovich directed The Last Picture Show, What's Up Doc, and Paper Moon. Three perfect movies in a row. And was one of the early 70s auteurs. And then he kind of famously lost his way. And was banished into director's jail. And then came back with a movie called Mask. um, That Cher 
was nominated for an Oscar for. Um, I auditioned for that movie. I didn't get it. And, um, but Peter's next movie was Illegally Yours. And he remembered me and wanted to work with me. And um, we, and he was back. He was, you know, back to being Peter Bogdanovich. But on this movie, you know, um, I think he kind of lost his way a little bit. And I, 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 it was a good lesson for me because I was too young to, to stand up for myself and kind of go, I don't know if this is a really good idea. You know, I was like, this is Peter Bogdanovich. I mean, who am I to argue with the guy that made three of the best movies of all time? I'm not blaming Peter totally for it because it, 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 film is so collaborative. There, there are so many ways to make a film great and so many ways to make a film bad. But uh, I have great memories of working with Peter in spite of the fact that, that, that it wasn't his best effort. He was so charming. He was so, um, educated me so much on, on film history as one of the great film historians. And St. Augustine, uh, it was, I will remember this. It was the coldest I've ever been on a movie set. St. Augustine, Florida, February was as cold as I have ever been. Probably because I was spending so much time jumping into the moat of the, <laughs> of the ancient fort there. But, um, yeah. Shout out to uh, Illegally Yours. Thank you always for putting up with me. And Ellie, although she's much more palatable than I am. And um, I will see you next week. Come back here to Literally. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced by me, Nick Liao, with help from associate producer Sarah Begar. Research by Alyssa Grawl, editing by Jerron Ferguson. Engineering and mixing by Rich Garcia. Our executive producers are Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Adam Sachs, Jeff Ross, and myself for Team Coco, and Colin Anderson for Stitcher. Booking by Deirdre Dodd, music by Devin Bryant. Special thanks to Hidden City Studios. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Literally with Rob Lowe. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been listening to Literally long enough, you'll know that I am a big believer in getting the help you need. Therapy has been a big, big, big part of my life and something I think we should be all doing as needed, just like checking the oil on your car. I've spoken about this and we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We keep them bottled in and it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get the things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Rob Lowe today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Rob Lowe.